Welcome back to The Dad Chronicle, where we share stories from dads all around the world. I'm your host, Alex Albisu. This is episode 105. On today's episode, I speak with a very dear friend of mine who is a somewhat new dad. He's been doing this dad thing for about a year, and he is an avid listener of this show. It's Eric Decker. Eric and I go way back playing World of Warcraft together, and we met in that game, and we've been in touch ever since. And he has a almost one-year-old daughter, and uh, her name is Lily, and I've been following his journey on social media and just through texting you know, here and there, and his uh, perspective on fatherhood is really, really great, and I can't wait to share it with you. It comes with a lot of positivity, a lot of patience um, for a new dad that's really hard to do. And so I want to share that story with you all. We start out by talking about how far he has come is almost one year of being a dad. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's wild to think how far we've come since, you know, since she was first born and wild to think of where we are now. We commiserate on what it's like to have a hard headed kid. You know, she, she usually chooses the path, the path of most resistance. So whether it's going from point A to point B and feeling the need to crawl over and around mom and dad versus kind of going around us or, um, determining that, damn it, she is going to reach the cell phone on that coffee table, <laughs> no matter where it's placed. You know, she, I, I certainly appreciate her, uh, you know, her, her stubbornness in that regard. We talk about what it means to be selfless as a parent. There's always a tremendous amount of stress placed on a parent, right? So you're, you're constantly carrying the weight of, you know, your life's not about you. It's about your, your child. And I think there's a tremendous burden that comes with that. And, you know, it's, it's a really, it's a really beautiful burden, but at the same time, it's, it's challenging. And finally, we talk about ways to divide responsibility with your partner while working from home, especially when your kid has just become mobile. Working from home doesn't always mean your typical seven and a half hour day, right? It, it moves to more of a, of, are you accomplishing things, right? Are you getting stuff done that you need to get done? And, and so I think the fact that, that not only are Molly and I aligned, but sort of the, the companies that we work for have similar expectations that has, that has done us a world of good. Here's my conversation with Eric Decker. Eric Decker, welcome to the Dad Chronicle. How are you today? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. This is super exciting. I'm glad to glad to chat. Yeah, man. Of course, this is long overdue. I think that we um, we've talked a lot about parenting, kind of just outside, just via text. And you and I go way back, and it's kind of weird calling you Eric because you're you're laughable to me. You're always just going to yeah. be laughable. And, I know. Uh, yeah, it's weird to think. I I can't even remember when we first met. I mean, it was before it was before my wife and I had. Uh, had even started dating. It's, it's, so we go back a ways. Yeah, we do. We um, So Eric and I used to play World of Warcraft together. You joined the raid team that I lead. Um, and, and I actually recently resurrected and it's been, uh, it's been really fun. And you've joined in on some of the, on some of the little shenanigans that we get into. And uh, the, yeah, we, you meet some of the greatest people playing WoW. Uh, that's been my experience. So uh, before we really jump into the conversation about parenting though, why don't we take a moment and let you introduce yourself to the world at home? Sure. Yeah. My name is uh, Eric Decker. I'm from Pennsylvania, um, just outside of Harrisburg, our, our state capital here. Um, I work in, in finance for the for the Commonwealth. Um, lived in PA my whole life. As Alex said, I'm a, I'm a huge nerd. I've uh, been playing World of Warcraft basically since its inception, and, and Alex and I read it together. Um, when I'm not doing that, I'm a huge sports fan. I, you know, I, Alex, I, I don't begrudge you for being an Ohio State fan, despite being a massive Notre, uh, Notre Dame fan. Um, listen, we, we can, can't we all can be on my disagree level. On that. Uh, we can't all be on my level, Eric. It's fine. <laughs> I learned that every season. They find a new way to break my heart. <laughs> um, I counterbalance that by being a huge Yankees fan. So, um, 
oh, sports man. where I spend a lot of my time and, uh, you know, sports and video games, especially, especially now, right. With, uh, with how much time we're, we're forced to spend at home, video games has been a, a great release, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's largely me in a nutshell. Yeah. And, and we're going to talk a little bit about what it's like having a, a young child at home, uh, especially during some of this quarantine time that we're in and how you're facing that. And, and, but before we really jump into that, let's kind of start from the beginning. So, uh, I, I remember very vividly hearing the announcement that you and your wife were expecting to have a baby. You and I kind of had some dialogue about, you know, your, your excitement about becoming a dad or, or even the prospect of that. So why don't you introduce us to, uh, your daughter? Sure. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, my wife is well, Molly Decker, um, is an actuary. She's awesome. And, uh, my, my daughter is, uh, is, is Lily. She is a 10 month old, uh, spitball. She is basically a teenager in a 10 month old body. It's great. Um, tremendous amounts of attitude. She's awesome. Uh, and she's, she's certainly keeping us on her toes or on our toes. Um, honestly, it's, 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 it's even hard to describe. You know, I, as you said, I remember, um, listening to the dad chronicle before, uh, before we found out we were pregnant, you were, you were a huge inspiration in some of those early episodes. And, um, every milestone that Lily has had, I sort of think back to some of those early podcast episodes of yours that I listened to. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's wild to think how far we've come since, you know, since she was first born and wild to think of where we are now. Yeah, man. No, it's, and it is, uh, it is a, a crazy ride. So she's not, so we're coming up to her one year mark. Uh, she's already got a lot of attitude. She, you're expecting, um, are you expecting less attitude? Like you think it's going to just kind of taper off or are we going to expect uh, a lot of sass coming up? So I, I've often, I, I really debated that, right? So I would argue she looks more like me and personality wise, I'm not quite sure where she falls yet. I was really hoping Molly tends to be the more reserved and calm of the two of us. And I'm a little bit more, um, maybe a little more out there is the best way to say it. And, uh, <laughs> so, so far I, I feel like she's, um, around, around other people. She tends to be more like mom, but around, around just, you know, just family, it, it's more like it's, it's more like me. So whether it be the, the fake cry that she has developed recently to get what she wants, um, so you do that or her laugh, which is largely a, uh, some sort of screech. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I, I, I hope that, I hope that it calms down. Tell me at some point that, uh, that it settles into a state of normalcy. So let me, let me, let me put it this way. Uh, it doesn't. <laughs> That's good. I appreciate the point. Yeah, blunt just, it doesn't, you're screwed. That's all it is. Uh, but it's, it's the best man, like watching, cause Aria's a very similar way. She just, uh, every, you know, she, we, we talk about how she's a three-year-old and, uh, but you know, acts like a 16 year old and it's very real. Um, uh, but they take it in different degrees and different levels as they get older. So it, you know, there's some good, there's some bad with it, but the bad brings forth a really interesting challenge as a parent to figure out like, okay, how do you kind of focus that energy that they bring? Um, you know, try, try yeah. to make the best of it because, you know, I think that that hardheadedness is not necessarily a bad thing. It's, it's, uh, and some of the stubbornness and some of that sass is not a bad thing. In fact, it kind of shows some good leadership quality that you want to, uh, allow them to express in a responsible and respectful way, of course. Right. Yeah. So. And, and it's, it's funny, it's funny to hear you say that, you know, I, um, I think one of the things that I've, that I've struggled with, uh, you know, as a parent is oftentimes I'll, I'll sort of hone in on, on some of the negatives or some of the challenges that we face. But, um, 
there's there's obviously a tremendous amount of positives too, right? So for every time that she's screaming in our face or you know or whatever, um, there's times where there's like a quiet curiosity that she has. Um, and to your point, that determination. I mean, one thing I've I've sort of lamented a lot of times is um, there's just certainly been times in, in my life where I've struggled to to follow through with something, whether that be um, playing a sport or um, you know, I mentioned I like video games, not being able to level a character from one to whatever the max is, that kind of thing. Um, and she has sort of displayed more of a, um, I guess, as you put it, a hard a hard headedness to, if she wants something, she's going to get it. Um, you know, she she usually chooses the path the path of most resistance. So whether it's going from point A to point B and feeling the need to crawl over and around mom and dad versus kind of going around us or um, determining that, damn it, she is going to reach the cell phone on that coffee table. <laughs> um, no matter where it's placed, you know, she, I, I certainly appreciate her, uh, her, uh, you know, her, her stubbornness in that regard. Yeah, man, it's, it's goodness. And I think that as parents, we have an opportunity to guide them on, on how to best leverage that because if it comes natural to her, uh, that's a, that's a good thing because, uh, that will serve her later in life. Now let's think about like almost a year ago, you <laughs> were becoming a dad. So, uh, what was that moment like holding Lily for the first time? I, I, in all honesty, the, the, the most scared I think I ever was, was the, the immediate aftermath of, of her birth, right? So she, she, she pops out into the world. Everything went amazing. You know, the doctors were, were fantastic. It all was for the most part, relatively smooth. Molly was a champ. Um, and I'm holding her and you're thinking like, oh my gosh, this is, this is real. Like we've, we've been excited about this moment since basically we got married, which was just under two years ago. Um, and then you're sitting there, you're holding her thinking like, it's, you know, you, cause you don't know going up to it, what's she going to look like? What's she going to be like? You know, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and all of a sudden you, you, you don't think about, oh, she looks like me or she looks like mom or she does this, she does that. You know, you, you, you do the normal thing that she seem healthy. Everything seems good. Um, and then I remember this, this, this almost moment of panic setting in thinking we are so tired. Like, I, I want to say we went to the hospital, um, I think it was a friday evening shortly after work i'll never forget molly's i'll never forget molly's uh, when molly's water broke i said are you sure you didn't just pee your pants <laughs> <laughs> um and she goes no no i think this is real um <laughs> yeah but, but i remember taking our time and getting there and and we were there from from friday evening and then she would i think lou was born saturday around nine nine o'clock um I think that's right. No, no, I'm sorry. It was, it was 707, I believe it was. And, um, I just remember thinking, I'm so tired. How are we ever going to sleep with this new person? We've never met. We have no idea what she wants. Um, she seems pissed. Uh, and it's, 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 so it was, it was really frightening, but I, I'll never forget sort of the sense of relief that I, that I felt then at, at some point when she, she slept for like three hours and I remember thinking, okay, that's all we need to sort of to, to feel good about this. You know, it's, you're so excited. You're so overwhelmed. We got to, you know, my, my parents were there. Molly's mom was there. We got to, to share the name finally and, and sort of see the excitement of, of my parents meeting their first grandchild and all that. And, um, it was so, it's so, it's so overwhelming. So I, I oftentimes think that, you know, the hospital was in some ways the scariest part cause it's so new. Um, but looking back now it's, it's, um, every single time she smiles at me or what, or whatever, you know, I, I can think back to that and think, okay, as scary as that was, everything that comes after it has been just incredible. That's so true, man. Um, and like we talk about on this show a lot, like we, we don't know what we're doing. Like you don't, you don't get a, 
a, uh, a, a, a an instruction manual telling you how to be a parent, but it's amazing to see some of the instinct that kicks in, especially around the no sleep thing. That's real, man. Uh, do you guys have any stress dreams or anything still to this day? Because I would wake up in the middle of the night thinking Aria was in the pillowcase and take oh, the man. pillowcase off my pillow and freak out like, where's the baby? And, you know, she's sleeping in her crib, uh, you know, just down, you know, that's when she was sleeping in the same room as us. She was like a week old. So like, that's did you ever, terrible. did you guys ever deal with any of that? You know, honestly, I, this is, gonna, I'm going to sound like the worst. So, um, I tended to be a much heavy, I tend to be a much heavier sleeper than my wife. Um, and you know, I, there's, I think there's a, a documentary on Netflix called babies or something like that, that, that actually talks about this fact that, that moms are more in tune and, and tend to wake up easier when their babies cry. Um, so I don't want to say that I ever woke up in the middle of the night, just panicked, um, as much as I remember sort of, you know, we wake up in the morning and I'd have this big rush of like, oh, we made it through the night, you know, we, we, we've made it and, uh, we can, we can go. Um, then sort of throughout the course of the day, this building sense of dread, like it's almost like every, you know, the Sunday scaries, right. Where you start freaking out about work the next day. Oh, um, totally. It felt like a slow buildup of that to like this, this stress about how much sleep are we going to get tonight yeah um and we sort of developed this cadence of okay if she wakes up before this time molly will take her and if she wakes up beyond i want to say it was like four o'clock i would take her um so that's generally how because i tend to be more of a morning person so having a plan always sort of helped us you know to, to, to settle into to how this was all gonna how this was all gonna play out yeah but, see that's you gotta just kind of like some of it is just you get in the moment you kind of figure it out and uh we were just finding ourselves to be so tired that we were just mm. weird stuff would just like set us off and we would just do weird things i was having weird vivid dreams and um from from certainly the sleep but then also like the fact that like she was constantly on my mind yeah. and uh, that that's kind of nuts. Like, did you guys, do you guys still have those moments where she's just, you're, you just constantly kind of worry or is that kind of faded out from the newborn situation? No, I'd say it's, it's, it's still, there's still some nervousness there. Right. So I, I, I think it was, we were in the hospital the day after she was born and I, you know, you're, you're just sort of generally nervous. You're not in your own home. You, you don't have home field advantage. Right. So, um, you're sitting there thinking about everything that could go wrong. And I said to my dad, I said, when, when does this general feeling of nervousness go away? And he laughed. He's like, it doesn't go away. <laughs> so you just learn to cope with it in different ways. Yeah. That's a good, you know, that's a, that's a really good point because to this day, you know, I still think about her obviously and Aria, like what she's going to like, worrying about her current state and like where, you know, is she in bed? She got to fall out of bed, like stuff like that. But sure. it doesn't, it doesn't like cripple you anymore i guess yeah. is the best way to put it like it's just something yeah. that you're just kind of aware of but you're on alert for um so and, and you know you just mentioned your dad and i always like to ask some of the dads on these show on the show that you know understanding what sort of impact your own dad had on your uh interest in being a father and the way that you parent lily you have any feedback on that yeah you know i i would say both my parents had a had a tremendous impact and sort of I think how I how I approach parenting, both from from sort of a, a positive and then the things that I thought, you know, I, I might I might approach that a little bit differently. Um, I think the one thing my dad always emphasized was to really be positive and optimistic and try to 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 look on the bright side of of whatever the situation was, right? So um, 
I think there was a, uh, there's always a tremendous amount of stress placed on a parent, right? So you're, you're constantly carrying the weight of, you know, your life's not about you. It's about your, your child. And I think there's a tremendous burden that comes with that. And, you know, it's, it's a really, it's a really beautiful burden, but at the same time, it's, it's challenging. So always being able to take a step back and, and remain positive and think about how lucky we are that, that we even get to be parents. Um, I think that optimism has really shined through and, and, you know, um, on my, on my mom. Right. So I know we're, you know, this is obviously the dad chronicle, but it's, um, having listened to this several times, this podcast several times. Um, you know, it's, it's, I think it's fair to say that that my mom had a a huge impact as well in terms of, you know, this sort of just incredible amount of, of love that she had. Right. So, um, I was an only child. So I think I, I always received the, the benefit of kind of the, all the attention that, um, that my parents can give me and sort of the creativity in this sense that, you know, you, you're experiencing everything with this child one time, right? So, you know, the first time Lily gets to experience or the first time Ari, Ari gets to experience Star Wars with you or got to experience Star Wars, right? You really savor that moment mm-hmm. and you make it as awesome as it possibly can be. Um, and I feel like that's something my parents really tried to do for me. Uh, you know, every Christmas was like, an, was a spectacle, was an event, was awesome. Um, and I think that's the kind of stuff I want to replicate for Lily as she gets older. Yeah, I want to dive into one of the things that you mentioned. You know, you talked about how uh, your dad emanates a lot of positivity, kind of bringing some goodness into everything that you guys would experience. And and you try to bring that into your parenting, which I think is wonderful. And it's so needed right now, especially uh, in today's day and age with COVID and all that. Now, uh, you know, it certainly is challenging being a uh, being a parent because of that selflessness being selfless is not always easy. It doesn't come as natural to some people. Um, and I think that's something worth recognizing. So if you were to think about ways that you have exhibited that in the past, do you have any tangible examples or suggestions to people listening at home on how to do that? So I think a lot of it comes down to, to sacrifice, right? Um, it's recognizing it's in some ways it's recognizing when you're in a better mental state than, um, than maybe the, your partner, for example. So, um, I think about a lot early on, you know, the times where Molly was really struggling, um, with, with, you know, whether it was postpartum or, or what have you. And, um, you know, you, you find ways where you can, um, you can carry the burden for a little bit. Right. So, um, the times where I knew that she was exhausted because Lily had been really bad, um, you know, throughout the night had really struggled to sleep or, or done whatever. Um, those days, you know what I'd say, you know what? Molly, you sleep in as late as you want. I'll take care of it. You know, how much trouble can I get into? Um, luckily, things turned out pretty well. I, I think it's it's being able to look to pick up on cues from other people and figuring out when 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 can you step in and, and just sort of be that helping hand and looking for um, opportunities to just make their lives a little bit easier for for even half an hour. I mean, you know, you always hear new parents talking about if you can just get a shower today. That's you know that's a win. Oh, yeah. um, find ways to get someone a shower. Right? I mean. Uh, that sounds weird, um, but uh, no, it's true, man. Because that, that's also—it's not just a shower to clean yourself off, but there's separation from a situation. It's relaxing. Um, you're not sleeping, but it's relaxing. So I, I totally get that, and that's really awesome of you. Have you? Uh, so, so when you and Lily would just spend time together, like, what do you? What are some of the things that you really love to do with her one on one? Oh man, so we. Uh it's it's gotten a lot better since she's become sort of more um one more mobile but also more um i guess just sort of interactive right so so early on it was a lot of me catching up on netflix 
Um, I didn't watch as much before, but now I'm proud to say that I've uh, started watching Avatar The Last Airbender, so that's been great. That's um, so good. But... Uh, nowadays it's 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 great to like we, we just i love chasing her around i mean I, and and sort of tickling her and all that kind of stuff right so I, I remember i think about it often you had interviewed one gentleman who talked about um sort of this tickle monster persona that he takes on right um, with his kids and can just be silly and things like that and that's um that's something that i try to embrace that sort of that silliness that trying to think back to you know what what is it like to be a kid and and what's the stuff that you want your parents to do with you and sometimes it's just like, it's just be goofy, right? Like be a little kid, be someone like me and trying to to do those sort of activities, right? So um, I think about it every day, the stuff that I, you know, I want to continue to do with her. Um, but largely right now, it's a lot of, and we, we're trying really hard not to be um, for like the no screen time rules and things like that. So it's a lot of just sort of hands-on interaction. You know, I've um, we'll try to find games to play with with her toys, whether it be her stacking cups or um, I bought her a soccer ball because that's something that I played for for years growing up. Um, so now I'll, I'll hold her hands as she practices walking and she'll kick a soccer ball. And, um, I really, I really cherish those moments. I love that, man. Yeah. It's, it's so funny to hear what you're going through, where Arya went through that, you know, a couple of years ago, um, yeah. because the, those were simpler times and now Lily's moving. Yeah. Uh, what has this transition to being mobile been like for you? It's almost like a switch flipped where, um, when she learned that she could move, it was like, okay, okay, I can move. What are all the ways that I can possibly maim myself? Um, yeah. Because she will do anything in her power to get in, to either get into something she's not supposed to, or um, it felt like we went from I can crawl to I can stand very quickly. Um, and as much as we tried to sort of baby proof our, our living room, we we haven't, and we we still have plenty of like wooden furniture and stuff like that that she wants to crawl all over. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I said to a buddy of mine, I said, you know, your, your daughter's going to be going to be crawling soon. I said, it's, it, it's a, it's a game changer because it's hard to, it's hard to keep up with her. I, I'd say she tires me out a lot more now, right? There's, it used to be that you could kind of just hang out with her and you'd set her on the ground or you'd hold her and she'd be content. And now it feels like in some ways either they'll, it's either all she wants to do is be held or the last thing she wants to do is be held. Yeah. Um, it's just been a lot. Of, we expend a lot more energy now than we used to. Dude, which she, is good. She's gotten a taste of what it's like to have mobility and freedom. And oh. she's like, let me go check out this world. What is it? it and it, it's crazy how like Aria, when she started walking there, there was this one day. Um, actually, it was really she started crawling. We started notice, noticing that she wanted to crawl up the stairs all the time. Oh, um, and so part of us was like, okay, well let's kind of teach her how to crawl up the stairs, like do a couple of stairs, but like show her how to do it so that if she does do it, then she's going to be safe. There was mm -hmm. one time where, and, and I might've mentioned this on the show before, but one time where my mom and I, my mom was over visiting, um, you know, taking care of Aria during the day while I was working. And, uh, I, I had stepped into the kitchen. My mom was like helping to clean some dishes. Aria, you know, like had somehow made her way from the kitchen to the stairs leading upstairs. All, all of a sudden we hear thump, 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 pause, oh, and then screaming. And we're like, oh my God, like the kid fell down the stairs. Really, she only fell down a couple of stairs, but it's still scary as hell. And yeah. you don't realize like how much danger kids are in at that age. Also, you, you don't, um, it, it's hard to, you shouldn't underestimate how squishy or, you know, like how, uh, maybe squishy not is not the right word. The, the, how hardened they are, perhaps like the, how much um, how much of a hit they actually can take. Because Arya was fine, 
she fell downstairs, but she was fine. Uh, she's fallen off the couch a couple times. You know, I sound like a neglectful parent. This, these are just things that happen, people. If you're a parent, you know this stuff happens. But yeah. they are, uh, you know, it just. But but what you realize is like they're okay. And I'll tell you what, Ari doesn't fall down the stairs anymore. She doesn't. Yeah. So uh, I, it's so funny you say that because I'll never forget the first time we were we were at a friend's house visiting them for the first time uh, with Willie, and and she was she was, I want to say seven or eight months old so like she she could sit reliably like that kind of stuff um it was it was just really after christmas i remember and uh she she tipped backwards and bumped her head on like their uh it was they have a hardwood floor but they had a, like one of those thin carpets over it okay and she just started screaming and i'm out that was the first time she'd ever like tipped and like bumped her head and i'm on the phone calling the doctor like i think she has a concussion like we're all like we're freaking out and everything <laughs> and the doctor's like well she's still awake and I said yeah like, did she throw up no listen they're fine like generally speaking yeah. them tipping backwards and bumping their head isn't gonna cause any lasting damage so you're absolutely right they're, yeah it'll be interesting to see there. like baby number two uh like if we're as kind of crazy about that so yeah i'll be fascinated to hear uh whether that uh whether that you know you've you've you guys have hardened to, to you know yeah to, now whether I, they're Hurt themselves. Yeah. Now, now I wanted to actually bring this up in a different light. So Lily is moving around. He used to be able to hang out with her. Now, add on top of uh, all this crazy change, the fact that you're working from home, that, that both you and your wife are working from home with a child that's moving around. How are you two dealing with that challenge? <laughs> oh man, that's it's a that's a great question, right? So. It's it's sort of shifted over time. Um, so the first week or so, um, we we determined earlier after the first day, we said, okay, we'll just try to both work, and and you know, we'll, we'll pal around with her, make see what happens. Um, and we realized after the first day that 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 wasn't going to work. Um, what we decided on moving forward was Molly would watch her in the morning, I would watch her in the afternoon while well, I worked, I would watch her in the afternoon while she worked. And then we would both work in the evenings. Um, and that's largely how it's how it has been. Um, it was tougher in the early going because Lily, for the longest time, only took 30-minute naps. Um, basically, a 30-minute nap in the morning, a 30-minute nap in the afternoon, um, maybe a second 30-minute nap. Like, it was just, it was very, it was very tough. And she would only take the nap if we were holding her. Wow. That's tough, um, dude. Yeah, it was, it was rough. And, um we then decided to do a little bit of, of sleep training around the naps. We had done it for the evening sleep and that was going pretty well. Um, but then we, we tried to do it uh, for the napping. And after like the first or second day of it, Lily took to it like nothing. Uh, it was so easy. And so that helps free up a lot of time for us in that. Um, pardon me. It, it freed up a lot of time for us in that she was, she now sleeps for usually at least an hour. Mm. Um, sometimes she'll sleep for two. I think this afternoon she slept for two hours, um, which then decreases how much time we need to work in the evenings. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, you know, I mentioned earlier that when, when Lily first was, was, you know, figuring out the whole sleeping thing in general, Molly typically took her up until this time. And then I would take her after that. Um, we've always found that we function better when we have a plan. Um, if we're trying to just do it by the seat of our pants as we go, we both get super stressed, right? Um, and it, it doesn't turn out well for anyone. So having a night plan of like, okay, if you watch her from here to here, I'll watch her from here to here. If this happens, we do this. Um, that's added a, a level of uh, 
of comfort. You know, that's that's not to say that it's not exhausting, especially, you know, throughout the week. It, it gets real old working every day from usually Lily goes to bed around 730, working from like 730 until 10 every night um, kind of sucks because it feels like you're working just, you know, a 12 hour day every single day. Um, but it's, you know, we're, we're just fortunate to actually both have our jobs. So we'll we'll pretty, pretty much do anything we can at this point to uh, to, to keep paying the bills. Yeah, man, that's a, a tough thing for a lot of people, right? Like not a lot of people are able to work. And that's something that I tell myself all the time. Like I, I so I'm working a lot more these days mm. with COVID happening. I think that there's there's just a lot of stuff to do with my job and what I do. Um, but at the end of the day, I try to take it as a very positive thing because there's some stuff that we're doing to to support and support these businesses through some of the things that they're working on um, due to COVID. And uh, I think that that's a pretty cool thing to to try to work through. But I think that at the same time, it does take a toll. And I think it's important for people to uh, take time to really separate themselves from that and re- realign you know, with their family, make sure that they're spending the right amount of time with their family and doing things like that. Have you found that you and and Molly are both like on the same page as far as your uh, your work expectations and and that sort of balance? Yeah, you know, I I think so. I think that um, we we try to be really flexible too. If if like one, the toughest part usually is um, when meetings come up and things like that, and if one of us has to be online, um, you know, not in their quote unquote scheduled period. Um, we're usually pretty flexible about that. Um, you know, you know, we're, we're, we're both fortunate that our, their employers are not only, you know, allowing us to sort of work this weird schedule, but also pretty understanding of, you know, um, working from home doesn't always mean your typical seven and a half hour day, right? It, it moves to more of a, of sort of a, are you accomplishing, are you accomplishing things, right? Are you getting stuff done that you need to get done? Um, and so I think the fact that that not only are Molly and I aligned, but sort of the the companies that we work for have similar expectations that has that has done us a world of good. Dude, that's huge. And it's allowed us to 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 sort of march, you know, lockstep with this kind of, with with this whole whole situation. Wow, good stuff, man. Yeah, the, I'm pretty lucky where it's it's a similar thing where the company I work for is the one of the first things they said during all this is like your health. Your family is our top priority and you need to take the time that you need to take to handle this. Like that's fine. Right. So I think that that's a really cool position to be in. Yeah. That's awesome. Good what, for you. That's, that's, that's important. Yeah. Like what do you say to parents out there um, who may be kind of struggling with this dynamic and may need to find that plan that you and, and Molly put together uh, fairly easily between the two of you? That's, that's a, it's an interesting question. I, I think it's, I think it really depends on on your situation, right? I think the the important part is probably having that conversation about what what can we do, right? Where is where is the healthy balance? Do we need to have a conversation with um, with our employer, or is it a matter of do we have to look at our own schedules and see um, where there's where there's potentially a balance that we can strike that would say I can work this chunk of time, you can work this chunk of time, um, and hopefully that sort of just bridges the gap until um, this ordeal loosens up a bit, or um, it, it's, it comes down to conversations, right? So, so yeah. openly communicating kind of what you need to, to, to function, what your partner needs to function. I think that's, that's a big piece of it. I agree, dude. I think that at the basis of most things, it's, it's a conversation that needs to happen. Communication solves so much, right? Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and recognizing too, that it's, 
yeah, it goes back to sort of that selflessness that it's you're not always going to get exactly you know the time that you want, right? So like I would frequently when I was when I was working, you know, have a happy hour, go to lunch with coworkers and things like that. Um, I recognize that you know it's not fair currently for me to just have these lunches scheduled every you know a couple lunches every week to go out and hang out or do a virtual happy hour with my coworkers or whatever. Um, because you know, that, that, that's not fair to Molly. Um, right. so recognizing that, you know, you're gonna have to make some sacrifices, right? It's, that's what this is all about. You know, it's people have faced harder, much harder situations and, and they've persevered. So I think between the conversations and some self-sacrifice, it's, I, I would assume it's doable for anyone. Yeah. Really, really well said. Um, because that is, uh, it's so important to strike that balance. And when you find that with your partner, I know a lot of people who don't even have a partner to, Share in sure. the stress with, which is incredibly, I can't imagine how hard that is. Oh, right? I can't, I can't. God, God bless those people. That's incredible. Yeah, seriously, dude. Some superhuman um, stuff. Well, I think that this has been, you know, a, a really great conversation, Eric. I love talking parents stuff with you on this show. And uh, uh, we always talk about it over text and stuff. And I was like, dude, I got to have you on the show. So this has been a really fun conversation. Um, I Yeah, I always like to end the end the show with some, you know, words of wisdom. If you If you were to think of, of a uh, anybody listening to the show who may have maybe walking the same shoes you are and maybe struggling a little bit, uh, perhaps a newish parent out there. What sort of uh, words of wisdom would you leave them? I think there's there's two things that, that come to mind most often. Um, the the first thing is that recognize upfront that no matter how how prepared you think you are or how um, how little you think it may ultimately impact you, um, it's 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 going to impact you a lot. Becoming a parent is, is um, one of the hardest and most satisfying things that you can do. Um, it's going to be a shit show at times, but um, it's, it's absolutely worth doing. But just, I, I remember we had friends that had a child shortly before us and hearing them struggle about um, how hard it was to not be able to go out anymore and, and um, you know, go grab drinks whenever they want. And, and we were like, ah, that's not us though. We, we we're homebodies as is um, having a child is still sort of a disruption and it's still a huge adjustment period. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. Right. That's, it's okay to have that, that adjustment period. Um, the other thing that I would say, and I've, I've said, it, I think several times during the podcast is if to the extent that you can find a plan, um, or you can create a plan that, that helps you to, to react in situations, um, whether it be figuring out who's going to watch the kid when, whether they're sleeping or whether it's work or whatever, um, or whether it's just how are we going to how are we going to teach them how to how to have solid foods or how are we going to handle um, when they want to crawl up on a piece of furniture? Like, how are we going to react? Um, having a plan or discussing it beforehand will help you feel so much more prepared, even if the plan goes to shit every so often, um, even if the plan goes to shit the majority of the time. Having a plan has always helped us feel a little bit more prepared. And at least we know kind of, hey, this this worked, this didn't work. And um, allows you to replicate. So that's that's the things that I I think I wish someone had told me right off the bat. Yeah, good stuff, man. No, that that's really well said. That's one thing that I'm not very good at is kind of creating a plan. Deanna is very. I mean, that's what she does for a living. She's a planner. Yeah, I thought she was an event planner. Yeah, that makes sense. So so I'm very lucky in that regard uh, to to have that. And uh, but I think that I can agree with everything that you just said. And uh, to anybody out there who is. Uh, a parent that is uh, dealing with young kids during this COVID thing, you know, we got you. We, we understand where you're at. This is a, this is a tough time. Um, and, uh, you know, certainly welcome your, your input on today's conversation. You can email the dad chronicle podcast at gmail.com. 
Um, if you'd like to chat about anything, I'm always here to talk. So, um, again, our guest today has been Eric Decker, uh, or Laughable. That's his rogue's name in World of Warcraft. You're always just going to be Laughable. So it's laughable. It's, it's not even just World of Warcraft. It's everything. Everything, man. People at work call me that, too. Oh, I love it. Let's right. see what happens. Well, Eric, thank you again for being on the show. I appreciate it, my man. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Big thanks to Eric Decker for being our guest on today's show. And his perspective on selflessness, on patience and positivity is really hard, uh, not just as a parent, but especially during today's day and age with this COVID challenge. Uh, I'm sure that a lot of folks uh, have been... You know, your patience is stretched thin. Um, take some time for yourself in some of these cases. Finding this balance between your work, your your life, you know, including your kids will help with this patience. But I encourage you to reach out to this show if you have any thoughts, questions, or just want to chat. You can email the Dad Chronicle Podcast at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, consider becoming a patron. If you head over to the dadchronicle.com, there's a link there to become a patron and find, you know, even just like a dollar every month helps a lot to pay for the, the operational costs of this show. Um, and while you're there, make sure that you're subscribed. There are links to all of the different podcatchers there that, you know, whatever you like to listen to, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Play, whatever, make sure that you're subscribed. And while you're there, leave us a five-star rating on your favorite podcatcher. That helps a lot. Again, you can reach out to this show by emailing the Dad Chronicle Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. If you like this show, check out more great content at incastmedianetwork.com.